Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. to her wild podcast listeners. In today's episode, we are going to talk about gratitude. Gratitude is something that has come up a lot, I feel like, recently. And, and over the years, we've had these discussions, Betsy, and we yeah. thought, let's do it. Let's do talk. It. Let's talk yes. about gratitude. And yeah. yeah, do you have a regular gratitude practice? I remember in college, I started one. I had Oprah's book, the one that you could write in. Simple Abundance, I think it okay. was. And I would write. And I found that book when we moved, actually, which was really fun to look back yeah. and see how consistent I was. And then you could see where I fell off. Yeah. But, um, but I did start that at in my 20s. Um, Do you my, think it was effective? Um, I think I used it in a way to reduce anxiety, mm. looking back. Yeah. So I do. I think it you know, I think it was a good, was a good practice for me then. My grandmother that I've talked about on this podcast, she's about to turn 95, mm. probably by the time this comes out. And she has journals and diaries and books, and they're filled with gratitude. Wow. She, little things like the beans I picked today were so green and amazing. You know, our visits there as grandchildren are in all those books. and little things we would do, she would record. Yeah. She lived, she really, I told, talked about this before. She really helped me see the good in little things. And so I've always seen her as someone who's very grateful. And she, in some ways was ahead of her time because I mean, gratitude has become a buzzword. I mean, we can thank Oprah for that with right. sort of encouraging people to do gratitude journals and every day think about gratitude. And now there's a bunch of research around gratitude, but likely when your grandma was writing these journals. Seventies and eighties, people weren't talking about no. that. Yeah. She intuitively knew what was helpful for her. And helped us see it. She would point things out. Yeah. So yeah, I see gratitude as really focused attention um, on things and shifting kind of your patterns of thought. So you're focusing in on things that grateful for or that you see as um, positive. Yeah. And obviously we know that it is one of the pillars of happiness. Um, when we look at how you're living your life, the things that, that you practice become elevate your, your happiness overall. Um, but we've already talked about like with anything, there's a tipping point sometimes or there, mm. it can, nothing's all good or right. all bad. Um but some of the early work that I did, well, I would say early work, probably about eight years ago, taking the Science of Happiness course and learning about gratitude and the power that it had. This is a positive psychology mm -hmm. course. More, 
of the science and brain science behind it and really the benefits of it uh, are that you when you are when you have a, a gratitude practice and you are focused on things that you appreciate and that you find goodness in, you tend to be what they call more pro-social, which means that you are kinder to people because you have an elevated kind of appreciation for things. But not only that, you actually are kinder to yourself. Mm. Um, so when I think about all the talk about self-care and taking care of oneself right now, I sometimes wonder if how gratitude kind of plays into that and that that it is part of that equation, I think, of feeling like, um, not that everything is perfect, but there are moments and there are, there are. I think that's the joy. key is that you're looking for moments that you can, can really be present for. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awareness and yeah. presence. Yeah. Um, the other thing we learned is that when you show appreciation for people and you let them, often we, we appreciate people, we don't tell them. Yeah. But there was a study where they had these students go write a letter to someone who meant something to them. And then the ones that actually went and physically delivered it to them and had a conversation, their happiness like spiked. Mm. And it lasted for months after mm. the effects of that. Yeah. So I think there's a lesson in, too, that it's not just gratitude of things or the weather, but the people in your lives. I taught a, a core, it was actually like a program, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago with a colleague of mine. And one of the things we had people do was to bring to mind someone that was really important, had made a big impact on them. And we made them sort of write um, down all of the qualities of this person they loved. And then we actually made them call that person God. that day. Like we had them, we took a break and we're like, go call this person right now. And it was so beautiful. So many tears. Um, and I saw that firsthand, the natural high mm -hmm. of the person who had let this other person know. I remember one one of the people, it was like a teacher and they were like, I don't know if I can find her number. I don't know where she is anymore. And they were able to talk to a parent who contacted, you know, got the number and they were able to do it. And so what you're sharing, I was like, yeah. oh, I've seen that firsthand. That was probably back then when they were doing yeah. those, those studies. And so anyway, I think, I think gratitude is something that uh, we should all be aware of. And, but I think there's a, like today we want to have kind of a deeper understanding yeah. of how maybe it totally. plays in our lives and how our natural state is really not to always be positive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the part I'm going to speak to today is the, I don't want to call it the downside of gratitude because it's not necessarily downside. I would just call it the flip side of gratitude. We, you know, I think we've all been told, be grateful, write it down, buy a gratitude journal. Um, and it's far more nuanced than that. And I actually think that sort of, um, you know, what we might call like social media meme of like, be grateful, uh, can actually make people feel 
worse. guilty <laughs> or bad if they're not feeling overly grateful. And so, yeah, I think we want to get down to the bottom of it a little bit more. So clearly there is research that gratitude is really effective for people's mental health. It's related to improved mental health, improved physical health, improved sleep. Um, but there's also research that A, it's not always easy. <laughs> and B, there are downsides to gratitude. So we thought we'd get into that today. Because okay. we got to be real about this. Oh, we do. You know, what I don't like anymore in my life is the pithy, surfacy, positive, toxic bullshit of like, just be happy, just be gratitude, grateful, just, you know, because I, I, it's not that simple. And that's why I think also sometimes I struggle with social media because it's such quick bites and you can't really unpack um, the truth of it or the depth of it. Oh, I just read that meme. I read that saying and I'm fine. Everything's fine now. Like it's yeah, like and this, it, it is, it, it's, it's you're hit. fine because you got it the hits. dopamine hit of reading the meme that goes on to the next one and the next one and the next one, but it doesn't really sink into yeah. like a deep change. Right. So, well, and I have to say in terms of, I've never had a gratitude practice, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I Did will you journal when you were in college? Oh, I've journaled. I am an avid journal journaler. I have probably 30 Last journals. But do you think that's woven in there? Oh, yeah. But I've never had like what I would call a list of three. Yes. I've never done that. I've never had like a gratitude practice where I write at the end of the day, three things I'm grateful for. But yes, I have practiced gratitude over the years. And I remember when I really started to go into depth of my yoga philosophy training. And one of the tenets of yoga that I really resonated with, at least in the tantric variation of yoga that I was learning is look for the good. And if you can't find the good, look for the lesson. So that was a big theme. And so that really started to shift me in terms of really starting to look at everything that was unfolding in my life. Can I see what would be good in this? Or the lesson. Or can I look for the lesson? And and I would say my mother, my grandmother were naturally optimistic people. And so I think um, it was a natural thing for me to do. But what I'm going to talk about here down the road in this podcast today is the downside and how actually um, the idea of be grateful actually was detrimental to me. So, but let's talk first about why, um, if you are not a gratitude practicer, why it might be hard. (laughs) And it's simply because our brains are not wired to think positive and be grateful. Our brains are wired to survive. And is that the, is that because of survival mode that we had to be, we had to assume that there was danger that we had Mm -hmm. to protect ourselves. And so we naturally go to the state of. Yeah. It's actually called the negativity bias. And um, it's this idea that we always believe there's less than there actually is. We always believe things are worse off than they actually are. There are fewer opportunities um, and there are more dangers than there actually are. And so protection, it's just all for protection. So our, our, our core sort of driving force is to survive. And so to survive, it's actually 
not super helpful to be caught up in, oh, everything is great. And look at that beautiful sunset. And when there could be potential danger around you that you need to be Get tuned into. Get car. Right. So I think why I feel like it's so important for people to know this is we can be so hard on ourselves about why am I so cynical? Why am I so negative? Why am I so down? Why am I... Well, it's because that's how your brain is wired to be. And so for us to actually move towards more positivity, hope, all these things that we know are important for our well-being, we have to actually work freaking hard at it because it's not natural for us. There's That takes a lot of the pressure off, really, to to have that basic understanding that it's not our normal state. Yeah. Because I think we <clears throat> we tend to think of some people as... You know, there's the whole like negative Nancy, you know, growing up, yeah. there was always yeah. like, oh, she, Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer. Actually, my son put that in as my name on my, on my Apple watch. Really? Yeah. So Debbie Downer comes up when I exercise. Oh, you got to change I that. Know, you know what it is? Well, part of it is I'd probably have to ask him how to change it. But the other part is like, <laughs> it makes me think of him every time that he, that, that it comes up. So it's, it's mm. something, it's very Jack thing mm-hmm. to do. But anyway, those. Can I just terms. pause? Why don't we have a, we have a negative Nancy and a Debbie Downer. There are no masculine names. No, there are uh, not. Can I, can I just, I'm realizing that I'm like, where's the Mad Max or the right. <laughs> frustrated Frank or, you know, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah right. That interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. There's Eeyore, but that's an animal and probably agendered. I don't know. <laughs> I know probably. That's so true. Mm. Oh, patriarchy again. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we we especially kind of grew up, I I did with those terms. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of thought, or at least I thought, that you you entered the world kind of one way or another. Mm. You know, like, it, like you're like, wired to be yeah. but the a Debbie is- Downer. I don't think we, yeah, I think the reality is actually everyone is wired to be a Debbie Downer. Mm -hmm. I don't like that name. We have to change that to, but everyone is wired towards negativity. So we have to work extra hard. Um, And there's actually uh, this amazing research and I have to do a shout out to this researcher because I love her book so much. Her name is Dr. Dr. Barbara Friedrichsen. Um, And she, she did this work with another, I believe, psychologist. They came up with this mathematically, statistically sound ratio called the three to one positivity ratio, which means there is this tipping point for every one negative thought we have, we have to come up with three positive things to even just get to neutral. That's probably why Oprah says to write three three things. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Don't you think? Maybe. Yeah. So, so, but the, it's it. So we actually have to work at being positive to overcome our natural tendency towards negativity. But that just takes us essentially to more of a neutral space. Mm-hmm. So, isn't that isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. But the part of this research that I think is phenomenal is there's a ceiling. So, if you're one of those people that is overly positive all the time, there's a ceiling of 11 to one. So for every one negative thought, if you've got 11 positive thoughts, oh, it's so great. Oh, don't you think this is amazing? Oh, don't worry about the rain. You are then more of a Pollyanna 
And it actually makes people not trust you. Is that the toxic positivity? Yes, that's the idea. This new term that people are talking about, this toxic positivity, because essentially what it is, is denial. Mm. There's negative stuff in the world. So if you're, you're willing to acknowledge it, I think people can trust you more because you're real. We uh, have some friends um, from early in our life and they are so positive all the time. Like everything is great in their life all the time. Every time you talk to them, it's like the most amazing life, right? Like we're having so many great things happen all the time. And for years, I thought there was just something wrong with me. (laughs) And now with age and wisdom and understanding this research, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, they are just caught up in like denial. And that's why I don't feel close to them. That's why I don't trust them. That's why I don't actually like to spend time with them because there's no sense of reality. So, and I don't, you think that would also be true on the flip side when you are around people that are consistently negative and aren't working with the three to one ratio, they're not looking for anything good in their life. They're only focused on everything that's wrong. So either extreme, either extreme is hard to, to be around and probably not, not as real and not as authentic because the truth is there is, there's good and there's bad, there's dark and there's light. And the more you can see both and experience both. And I think that is where presence is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's holding all of it, holding that there is this beauty and this amazement and wonder around us all the time. There's also tragedy and darkness and pain. And, um, and so I think the point of this conversation is that we are always our brains are always going to look towards more of the negativity and the tragedy and clearly just turn news on, right? Mm -hmm. Do they report, you know, positive, loving things? No. So our brains are already wired to look for what's wrong. Then you add in a bunch of media. And so then you're even more in the tank. So then you got to do your practices even more, this three to one ratio to get back to some kind of neutrality but you might not even be in that more flourishing place where um, you're you have a an enhanced mental well-being. Yeah. So we do. I guess the point is, and it's always the point of this podcast: you got to do your work, right? You got to be yeah. consistent with your practices. You have to understand your inner space. You have to work with what's coming up, and yeah, and there's effort towards looking for the good looking for the lesson. I don't know that I do this very regularly, but it would be interesting to kind of monitor yourself and just see how many thoughts, like uh, how prone are you to negativity and just be Mm -hmm. kind of have awareness around that. I'm going to try to do that because I feel like sometimes I, you know, in one day we'll have the ups and downs and the lows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I, Yeah, just kind of monitoring that for yourself and kind of just being curious about it. Where am I? And I think it can be helpful to also think about people in your own life because I think it's really, 
and I'm saying this as a psychologist who's done so much internal work, it's really hard to know yourself. Mm. It's really hard to authentically see what's truly going on. That's why relationships are such mirrors to us. Like we can see things in other people so much easier than we can see it in ourselves. And so I actually think our interpersonal relationships are where so much growth happens and you can see in other people, wow, they're stuck in a negative mindset all the time. They're always worried. They're always critical. They're always judgmental. Or you can see people that are only ever positive and loving and totally in denial and <laughs> always always acting like everything is great. And, and then watch your reaction to those people, right? Like, mm -hmm. did, right? Because maybe it's a bit of a mirror for yourself. Like I'm so triggered by Debbie Downer and I'm so triggered by positive Pete. You know, what is that saying about, about you? you? Yeah. Interesting. Are you more impacted by the overly positive or the overly negative? Do you think? I definitely the overly negative. I, yeah. I can feel pulled down by that. Where the overly positive for me is. Oh, I probably am somewhere in the, I sit generally somewhere in the middle. So I'd rather have a little lift, lift. and <laughs> be pulled down. Even if it's slightly toxic lift, I'll yeah, take the I'll, lift. I'll take <laughs> the momentary. Yeah. 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 So that's, I, th I think that's where I'm yeah. at. I don't love either extreme though. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, I like having real conversations. So when you know, I'm talking about my day with my husband, we both share the good and the bad. Yeah. Like we don't really say only good. We're yeah. We share the good things, what we're grateful for today. We don't really mm -hmm. do that. We're, we're pretty honest about what went well and what didn't, yeah. and what we're frustrated about. Um, and we've, you know, after 30 years of being together, we've gotten better at not like if one of us is in a bad mood, we just say, I just am, I just need where I'm at right yeah. now and yeah. allowing it instead yeah. of trying to fix it. Totally. So good. But for years we would try to help one another by, you know, lifting. yeah. And now we just hold space. It's yeah. different. It's good. Well, I have to say that I think I feel slightly more triggered as a, a, is a strong word and actually probably misused word at times, but I feel a little bit more elevated by uh, toxic positivity now than I do around negativity. I feel like around negativity, um, it's so much easier for me to recognize this isn't about me. They're in a really dark state and I can choose to not be around it. And I actually make that choice quite often now. I know the people in my life that I was going to tend towards the glass is half empty. Everything sucks. So I choose to just, you know, not be around those people as much. I would say the toxic positivity, the other end of the spectrum for me is a more natural place. I think the upbringing, the sort of situation I grew up in was more towards that. So it was very commonplace. It's what I knew. And it wasn't until in my twenties that I realized 
that's also not helpful to only focus on good and happy and joy and love and gratitude because it's not real. And so when you do have hard stuff, when I had hard stuff growing up, I thought there was something severely wrong with me, which it was like, no, I was just having a human experience where it's, there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of pain. So I think now for me, I am much more wary and just like the research su suggests, I do not trust someone who, who everything is great. Everything is good. Right. Cause it also is so unrealistic. It's just, it's not real. Yeah, I would say on that spectrum, it's a, there's a trust factor. And on the negativity. There's like a, a you're just exhausting. It's, it's just like fatiguing. depleting and fatiguing. Yeah. 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 So neither is fun to be around or kind of zaps your energy. Yeah, I can. I would say. Um, and sometimes, I don't know, I, I find myself in conversations when someone is kind of on the extreme digging in a little bit or or not letting people be completely positive. Mm. Like sometimes, and that's probably a little bit of my personality, but I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Things would be great if, you know, yeah, women's rights were still intact, you know, or whatever <laughs> I'm going to say, because I do feel like. Um, you just want a little more realism. Yeah. Or just calling it out a little bit that, you know, and I'd want someone to do that for me too. Like I'm not above anyone pointing that out for me, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think we're all, I think these are hard times we're in. Absolutely. Which I think is why looking for the good is necessary, it Is but finding a balance without, like you also have to look at the reality that this is, these are some hard times. We can't be naive to. Exactly. Reality. Exactly. Well, so if people at home are like, well, what, what does a gratitude practice look like? You've all confused me. Oprah told me to do it three times a day. And now you're saying something different. So I do want to share that there is this study of gratitude journaling. And this is super fascinating. The people who track their gratitude only once per week versus three times a week. Does that mean one thing a day or one time a week? They, they tracked their gratitude just once a week. So once a week, they made a gratitude list. Okay. They were happier than the people who tracked their gratitude three times a week. So it's almost like if you force yourself to do, do it assignment. every day yeah. or three times a week, you, you, it's like not authentic or it's harder to, to do it. You're just going through the motions. There's like a piece of it. That's not real. Whereas if we do it once a week, most of us can find over the course of a week, a handful of things that we're grateful for. So it's like quality over quantity. Mm. Isn't that interesting? When I read that, I was like, what? I know. Here we just say, be grateful. And it's like, oh, well, well it's maybe not that easy. No. Yeah. It, it, it's saddens me that, that gratitude is really something that isn't isn't about more is better because I think that's always been the common. Yeah. Definition. But I think that's life. I actually, I think yeah. that's, it's, that's kind of what we've been talking extreme. about, about all yeah. these things is that like the extreme of anything, even gratitude is actually not good. We have to be consistently trying to work our way back to the middle. Mm -hmm. 
And so we can overdose on gratitude. We also, so I want to share some instances when um, using gratitude is maybe could backfire on you. So the overdosing, like making yourself do it, even when you, damn it, don't feel grateful <laughs> that day. I'm grateful <laughs> this is the last time I have to do this this week. <laughs> I've got to get my three gratitudes in every day. The second one is um, when we're trying to feel grateful when something isn't going well, and that's the reality. And um, I found myself in this situation in these last couple of years as I was going through a lot of challenges in my marriage. And I remember I would say to myself, because this is how I was raised and this is my yoga training, look for the good, Betsy, look for the good. And I would consistently say to myself, Betsy, damn it, just be grateful. Look at all this you have. Look at these beautiful children. Look at this, look at everything you've got, right? Can you just be grateful? And so I see how I used gratitude as like, a, you know, I beat myself up for the fact that I wasn't grateful. Whereas actually there was real problems going on that weren't being addressed. And so we can use gratitude as sort of like this way to avoid digging into the real problem at hand and instead just say, well, if I just were more grateful, mm -hmm. I just, just could see the good here, then it would be better. And it's, it's, that's not what this is about yeah. for using gratitude. I mean, that's kind of a form of spiritually bypassing. Like if we're using gratitude to avoid digging into the really crappy, hard stuff we're facing, then it's, you know. Yeah. I've probably useful. felt that way in my career at times. Um, if I was ready for a change, which I just did my human design reading and I realized I change is like part of your design, probably part of my design. Yeah. And cool. it was great to be able to come home and share that because I've always thought, can I just not be grateful? Can I just not be satisfied? Oh, well, like with your job. Yeah. Right. What, After a couple why? of years, you're ready for something different. What's wrong with you, Kate? Why can't right. I stay with this? Yeah. Where in other areas of my life, I feel like I'm very loyal and consistent. Yeah. But professionally, I would get antsy. Yeah. And ready for a new challenge. And I like to start things. So I always saw it as a flaw of mine. When I realized it's just a design, that's how I'm designed so much freedom in that. And I look back on all those times when I would beat myself up too. like, just, you have this job and you, you know, be, be grateful, be, grateful. Because, be yeah. grateful. So, so we have to watch also when we give that adage to people, oh, you should be so yeah. grateful. You know what? Another thing I'm remembering is remembering when I would be like at Target with my two toddlers in tow and they would be crabby and I would be like, tired and exhausted and like a 70 year old woman would come up to me and grab my arm and say oh you should be so grateful for these times they just so pass fast. by so fast and I remember I so wanted to flip them off <laughs> half the time because I'm like I've not slept I haven't showered in three days all I'm doing is eating you know goldfish and apple juice and yeah and then you watch that woman walk down the aisle with her cart just yeah, carefree. And you're like, Ugh. so I think we have to be careful around Messaging. telling people be grateful, be yeah. grateful. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, motherhood is hard. 
marriage is hard. Things are hard. Life is hard. And there is a period that is about survival. Yeah. In your life there, you know, throughout your life. And so it's also during those periods, can you, can you be in them and feel them and work through them without feeling guilt that you're not okay? Exactly. You're not just grateful for what's good enough. And I think I am really attuned to how much denial there is in the world right now. Um, Not only denial in maybe what's really unfolding in the world, but also just internal denial. We are all so numbed out from the very real imbalances and challenges and traumas and stuff in us that we are unwilling to look at, or we can put them aside and say, it's not that bad, or I actually have it really good. I'm grateful. So I'm so attuned to this tendency we have to like, you're absolutely right. Denial. And we can use gratitude as a perfect denial mechanism. It feels like the internal struggles of people is matched now by the external struggles of our planet and the world. Mm, Yeah. So so the in the individual denial is leading to denial of the external. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's like somehow everything feels off balance everywhere. Yeah. And I think the only way the external gets fixed is by balancing the internal. Yeah. And that's the only thing we have control over. Yeah. In the end, it is. In the end, it's the one thing today we can take control over is our internal space. And I agree that if, if, if I don't even think everyone on the planet has to do it, but if a tipping point of people really work with their internal space and move to places of, you know, more compassion, more authenticity, that there is a, there is sort of a tidal wave, a shift that can happen that, that does start to save our world. Mm -hmm. So gratitude is a piece of this Mm -hmm. piece of finding joy and happiness. And it's important. Yeah. But it's not the be all end all. It's not not the magic ticket. There's no magic ticket. I, you know, like we just have to be so real about that. There's no magic therapy. There's no magic solution. And and the thing is we all, even though we're all made from the same stuff, we all have different life purposes and different life challenges and different things where we have to work through in this lifetime. And so you know, I, I think it's so short-sighted of us, um, especially in the therapeutic world, to believe there's a one-size-fits-all um, that's going to really make a difference for everyone. But gratitude will make you feel better. And there is a lot of good in the world. There's a there lot of is. good in life. There's a good in people, experiences. And I think we learned anything in the last three years is, you know, life is short and we, we may be so heads down sometimes that we are missing the good. Yeah. And so I think with, you know, with children and with, in relationships, I think it is an important piece to hang on to, but not think that that's going to it release you from all the other yeah hard things. It's it's but so the awareness is important. Yeah. And you make a great point. I think this is really key. 
there is a lot of goodness in the world. In fact, I believe there's more goodness in the world than negativity. There's more light in the world than darkness. Absolutely. I, I truly, truly believe that. And if we're looking for it, if we're looking for the miracles, if we're keeping our eyes open to all the beautiful synchronicities and all the love and all the connection and all the goodness, that's, we'll see it. But to know that it's not going to be our natural tendency to look for that, we have to actually put effort into that. Our natural, like left, un, left uncared for, our mind is always going to go to you know, which is negativity. why I think there's such a high level of anxiety right now mm -hmm. and depression. Yeah. I think that is it. It is. Well, I think it's so much more complicated than that anxiety and depression, well, but sure. I agree that, that I think because we're hanging. Yes. There's a, um, it's like this perfect storm right now. Yes. In a way yes. Of, you know, coming out of this time and you know, all sorts of reasons, but we're in the moment when it is high yeah. and um, recognizing what we can. I loved, you know, when we talked about that experiment with reaching out to people. Yeah. And, and there's, there's one thing to be grateful for things and um, like this cup of tea and, the, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. There's another level to be grateful for people. Mm. And I think people more than ever need to hear mm. that they're important, that they matter. Mm. And so I feel like that's something we should all consider, you know, people in our lives, we haven't reached out to in a while. We haven't had that connection with, because to me, that level of gratitude for a person, um, brings on a whole bigger feeling and it benefits both people. Yeah. Okay, Kate. Okay. I don't know what's going to go there here, but who, who, like we always do at the end, who are champion, but what if you express today someone in your life that you're really grateful for and then your homework is that you have to go tell them that today. Who are you grateful for? What keeps coming up for me during this conversation, because we've been kind of talking about how we grew up, is my parents. I just had a chance to be in the car with them for about four hours last week. And we were actually attending a funeral, so it wasn't a happy occasion. And I had this, you know, time with them, uninterrupted conversation time. And... I remember thinking this was not like a happy day, but it was the time I had with them was so, I was so grateful for that, having that time. Yeah. And um, so I would say them right now, I'm feeling a lot of love for my parents. Yeah. It's so rare to just be with just the two of them. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How about you? Well, throughout the course of this conversation, we didn't plan this last part about who are you grateful for, but earlier you were talking about what it's like being around people who um, really do authentically see good. And it made a person flashed through my consciousness very quick. And her name is Edevit Lambrexen. She uh, was the Dutch host mother that I lived with when I lived abroad in the Netherlands. And she was an art historian so she had this eye for beauty. And so I remember, you know, it would be with her and we'd be walking, you know, on the streets in the Netherlands and she would just stop me and she would point out, look at that architecture, look at the line or 
look at those clouds or the way that she would put bouquets of flowers together. She was just such an appreciator of all things beautiful in the world. And so just by being around her, I felt like I got this huge education at such actually really pivotal time in my life. I mean, I was 20, I was finding myself and actually living abroad for the first time in this really open-minded culture and country. It was like kind of blowing my mind open to um, a new way of being, a new way of living. I remember I came back and from that time abroad and my friends in college were like, whoa, you've changed so much. And I think that was very true. But Edivate was such a big part of that in terms of like opening my awareness to be in states of awareness of the beauty and the, and she, she moved at a very slow pace and she would always take time to make tea and let's sit and let's talk. And how are you feeling? That was a regular question she would pose to me. How are you really feeling? And that was at that stage in my life, pretty new for me to have someone really want to dive into these deeper feeling states. So I am so grateful for her. And I think I will reach out to her today and let her know that. And ironically, her daughter is coming to visit me tonight right? and arrives tonight. So um, this feels kind of like a full circle moment. That uh, helped you move into psychology, just having. I would guess that, uh, in fact, she um, was very interested in mind body things and astro- she was she was the she was the first person who gave me a book on astrology so she was very interested in you know sort of this more depth world that was like pretty new to me um so yeah i still have a couple of the early books that she gave me so i have no doubt she was a part of the development of me and where i ended up it's so, such a good reminder. I love you, Eat of Eat. <laughs> it's such a good reminder that the impact we can make on one another. Yeah. Uh, things we share with one another, the way we hold space or have conversations with one another can literally change the course of your life. So mm, absolutely. I think it is, yeah, I challenge everyone to think of who you're grateful for and reach out. Yeah. Benefits both parties and we need more of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's your homework for the week. Thanks. Hello, listeners. We want to let you know that we have so much gratitude that you join us in these conversations every week. We want to continue to uplift and connect with women-owned businesses and businesses that are supporting women. So if you are one of those or have a recommendation for someone that may want to sponsor an episode, please have them reach out at tendherwild.com. If you are needing a reprieve from the fast pace of our modern life and want to connect a little deeper to yourself, I would love to see you at my next retreat, which happens to be in the Cork countryside of Ireland this September 24th through the 30th. You can join Kate, myself, and Kimberly at this retreat. And it's falling at a very auspicious time because we will just move through the fall equinox and we're moving to days that are shorter. So this is the perfect time of year 
to begin to draw inward, to slow down, and to really drink in the beauty, which will be rampant in Ireland in the fall, uh, to sort of support you and nurture you over the winter months. If you are curious about this retreat, you can check out more and how to register for this. We have, I believe, just a couple spots left uh, in the show notes. I can't wait. I can't either. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. The safety-